0: Welcome to November's Home Run Club. Dan Seaborn here thanking you again for being a partner with us at Winning at Home. I am so thrilled to be able to continue to send you these monthly CDs. If you would like to get it in podcast form, I think we can make that happen. You just let us know what's best for you. But I wanted you to know we are grateful for your partnership. And as we look at uh, all the things coming at us, continuing to be a part of the life here at Winning at Home, and I'm sure for you as we head into this month right before Christmas, I know you're busy too with your family life and moving into the year 2020, can you believe it? So, as we go into this uh, November month, let's make sure we take time to celebrate what God is doing, to celebrate Thanksgiving and most of us, if not all of us, have more than we deserve and we certainly have much to be thankful for. So, I trust as you listen to this month's edition of the Home Run Club, it will be an encouragement to you. I'm talking about having a biblical worldview. So often I think we get zoned in a little bit too much on the way we think, and I think we need to have more of a vision of what God is looking for from us. And so I pray this message will encourage you as I share it with you about, again, having a biblical worldview. Here we go. Mary's here at 87, and my prayer is that as she leaves today her heart's connected to the Lord and she sees her purpose to continue to make a difference for God. Because I was thinking about this, Mary, listen to this. In the Bible, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, even 90s, there were people who were called at that age. Like in their 80s, Mary, were called with a purpose for God. And I think so often when we're really young and we're really old, we kind of go, I don't know, God has purpose for every person here today. And here's How you know that for yourself. When you wake up in the morning, here's the question I want to ask you today. When you wake up in the morning, do you think about your day and your life and what you want to do? And you think about what you're going to accomplish for you. Or does your mind shift to, and I'm going to use some shades to do this. Or how God would want me to use my day. You either wake up and you go, what am I going to do for me today? Or what could it possibly be I need to do for God today? It's two total different views. And most of us would say, well, we're God, we we do this. And I would go, "Mm," we say it. And we church it. But we don't really do it. We live a lot more this way. Scripture tells us how to change that. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I want to read to you just one verse that Paul writes, and he he writes it about being living sacrifices. That's what this whole passage is about. Letting your life be a living sacrifice. And he says this, just one verse, listen to this. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be renewed by the, be transformed, I should say, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let me read it again, because I botched it. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, that word transformed is also used in another passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter 17, verse 2. When Jesus went up on the mountain, several disciples were with him, and he was, we call it the transfiguration, Jesus like vitally changed. The Bible says he totally changed. And Elijah and Moses showed up right there. and disciples are freaking out because those guys are gone. And they're going, what the world is going on here? It was a total transformation. It wasn't just a little idea that he might have. He totally became something else. That's the same word it uses here in Romans chapter 12. A total change of you. In fact, the English word that we've used, the Greek word there to transform into our world, is the word metamorphosis. And you remember that from 6th or 7th grade when you took that little larva in your science class and the teacher said, it's going to become a butterfly. And you're like, well, it didn't today. It's still moving around in there and it looks kind of like a snail. And some of you today... Without saying it out loud, you think of yourself as that little larva snail. If I said, no, you're a beautiful butterfly. No, I'm not. You don't know me. I'm more this larva snail. I I don't see myself becoming a beautiful butterfly. And right there is where you need to renew your mind. You've got to start seeing yourself different. And the passage says, the way you do that is no longer abiding by and subscribing to the patterns of the world. That's what the verse says. No longer conform to the pattern of this world. And I'm going to bring up a couple of columns on the screen. And as I was thinking about what is the pattern of this world? And as I thought about it, it really came to me that, oh, my word, I know what this world says. Me first. That's the pattern of this world is me first. You go through your life, you watch it, even driving. Getting in, You don't see people go to Orlando, to the Disney World, and say, hey, anybody want to cut in front of me in the six-and-a-half-hour line? No way. What do we get? The quick pass. Anything I can do to help me get first. It's life. It's funneled at us everywhere we go. Music. I listen to all kind of music. The songs right now are songs. The top song, Taylor Swift, me, me, me. They me, it's me, 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 me. It's our world. Because I need to be first. There's a song by Cardi B and Bruno Mars. Please who? Me. It doesn't say, please God, baby. Oh, it says, please me, baby. If you're a teen, you know the song and your parents don't know the next verse. It's awful. But it's about, please me. Make me the song not about pleasing God. Our world doesn't say please God, Uh, it says please me. You live in that every day. So, how in the world am I supposed to live in that and keep this kind of view? God, really, I mean, my world constantly tells me to please me. I'm, I'm supposed to honor you. How do we balance that? Well, I believe the first way is to make sure you look and see if your life has the pattern of God and pleasing Him first. Knowing the purpose He has for you. So I'm starting right here, very far, and I go all the way around, all the way, including Mary at 87, and come all the way over here to right there. I need you to know, I need you to know, every every person covered in that spectrum right there, you have purpose from God. God has a purpose for your life. There is somebody who's in that group doesn't believe me. You don't believe it. Because you're saying to yourself, Dan, Dan I, don't, I don't know what that is. I don't understand it. And right now we're in the graduate, senior graduation time. Jane and I were a couple open houses this week. And when I get up and get in line and I'm waiting, whatever, I can see the person right up there in front of me. The adult says to the 17, 18 year old who's graduating, What you doing next year? What are you going to do with your life? What's your purpose? And some of you were blessed enough to know that sort of thing. You were able to answer it. Others like me went, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm 17. I'm doing good right now. To get to bed and wake up in the morning. I don't know my purpose yet. And I want to say to you today, if, you're, if you don't know your purpose yet, in the Bible, it sometimes it was 80-year-olds before they found it out. But just don't believe that you are purposeless. That's Satan's lie. There are some of you sitting here who, because of already circumstances of your past, of your life, etc., you go, I don't really know if I have a purpose. I mean, I got purpose, I guess, I do, but I don't know that God could really use me. Because, see, you look and you look at me standing up on the stage and you go, now, okay, Dan has to know his purpose. He he is a preacher. That's obvious. I didn't know I was supposed to be a preacher until I was 28. I was 28 years old before I even felt the first call to be a pastor. So that was really unique for me. And I looked and I thought, why would I have to wait till 28? I get it now. I had to grow up. But there are so many of you who feel like maybe I don't know my purpose. Oh, I could never be a priest. I could never be a singer. Look, <laughs> that's really fulfilling your purpose. Let me just tell you, I've read all of Scripture. I didn't one time. I have not one time in the Bible read where Jesus led worship. Not once. He didn't write songs that I know of. I mean, we turned some of his words into songs, but he didn't write songs. That's not what he did. That wasn't his calling. And if it's not yours, it's okay. You say, well, what could mine be? Let me, as I was driving up here, I started thinking about it. I passed. As I pulled off, I stopped at the mire, get a little gas, and I saw that Bigby. And I thought to myself, there's somebody in this church. Let, let me just tell you right now. Somebody, it could be a teenager. It could be your 20. It could be your 87. Well, that kind of singles you out, Mary. It could be your 86. <laughs> but I want you to know, you have purpose, and it could be your purpose is this week. There's going to be somebody else that you know going through something really challenging, and they don't have anyone to turn to, and you're going to say, "Hey, you want to go grab a cup of coffee?" Damn, that's purpose, huh? You say you you mean just going and talk to somebody can be your purpose? Let me think. Jesus met a lady at a well. Um, he would walk from town to town. And he'd say, "I'm going over this town. What you going to do over there?" I go hang out with people. Well, what's your specific job? Hanging out with people. You get paid for that? I'm making enough living to get food. People say, he was a carpenter. I didn't ever see any stories in there about him building a house. He was a carpenter by trade, but his purpose on this earth was to talk to people and spread the message of God. That might be your purpose. He you said, Well, I won't finish life with three condos. Jesus didn't either it seemed to work out okay for him. And I want to just remind you, listen, we live in a world that pushes an agenda and I got, we got all just be honest with each other. I can get caught up in it too. Let's just be honest. Sometimes this world agenda, this me first agenda, creeps into us Christians pretty good. Let's just be honest. And I got to just keep making sure, wait a minute, my first purpose is to make sure I carry out the responsibilities and duties that God has called me to. Enjoy this life? Absolutely, I plan on doing it every day. But i got to make sure my purpose is sealed in God and not in me. Just check yourself this morning. Which category do you say you most fall in? The second thing I see in the world's pattern is this. It wants you to change from the outside. God's pattern wants to change you from the inside. The world is constantly looking at the outside. I, I never, I fly a lot, I get up, I get in the magazine. Those magazines in the planes, those magazines are pure advertising. that's all they are. I mean page after page after I have one little article then it's advertising because they know they got you right there. You flip through. I never have flipped over. I never have flipped a page and thought, oh, this is a good and helpful advice for your soul and your relationship with God. It's not in there. All of them tell me, Top ten steakhouses in the world. I got to figure out how to get to and eat. I got to buy that chair. That chair, if you get in for fifteen minutes, it'll change my body and everything else. If I everything in there tells me you got to take care of you, man, and it tells me take care of the outside. Nothing in that magazine focuses on my soul. And God says the pattern of this world is focusing on your outside, and and many of us. Even today. I did. I woke up and I tried to dress nice for you. I don't look the same as I did yesterday. Yesterday I looked like a bum yesterday. If I could get up here, you'd be like, what's wrong with him? Of course we focus on our outside. That's who we are. But I better not think that that's what I'm all about. Mary will tell you, and I haven't seen you yet, Mary, so this is a compliment. She doesn't look the same as she did at 21. I don't look the same as I did at 18. That's called life. Listen but my soul can be even more beautiful as I age. That's an awesome thought. That's because God says, I care about you, who you are, what you were made to be. Boy, I'm discovering this more and more. He loves my soul. And today, do you feel soul loved? Are you chasing fulfillment over here? Do you go places and run to places to try to go, come on, make me feel better, because it's just working on your outside, and God says, just give me your soul. Run to me. Spend time talking with me. I'll help you. Third, the world's pattern tries to control your mind. God's pattern wants to transform your mind. The world says, fit in, man, you don't fit in. In fact, I would tell you, my preaching today, let's just say it this way. If I stood up, if you got me on a major news network today, and I said, I believe the hope for you, all of you who are struggling, is Jesus Christ, our Lord, I would be mocked for that. Because I'm trying to look. I'm trying to transform the world's thinking. The world says, fit into this pattern. Don't challenge the status quo. Think like everybody else. Go for yourself. Think about me and you'll fit in. But you go over here and say, I'm going to think about others. I'm going to go change that. I'm going to try to bring hope to others. You won't fit in as much. So really what I'm talking about is today, is your life one that's, and we'll use it over here, conforming? Or is it one that's transforming? That's what it kind of says. Are you a conformer or are you a transformer? And what I've come today to challenge you to do is to be a transformer. And that comes from renewing your mind. Seeing it as different through different lenses. Seeing your own life differently. And you'll leave here and other people see you this way. The people of your past, the people of your life, this is how they see you. And God says, don't see, I see you this way. They might see you that way, but I see you this way. So what I thought I'd do this morning is just give you four steps to renew in your mind. Four simple steps to renew in your mind. And as I was driving, I was just thinking, somebody here today just needs to hear this. You need to leave here knowing you're valuable to God. And the first point in terms of renewing your mind is make sure your worth is found in God. And I got, I got to stand up here and it's personal testimony and confession. Personal testimony and confession. I would tell you I'm just now at the age of 58 beginning to discover what this means. I think that that pattern that was even in me wasn't healthiest in my home uh, I, I think I'm growing in this because I'm realizing my worth, watch this, my worth is found in who God made me to be, period. And I want to tell you that for a period of my life, uh, Anna, my daughter's here, you prayed for her, she's just doing awesome, but there was a period where her or one of the other siblings weren't doing so good. And I began to, watch, watching myself, listen, I began to find my worth in how my kids were doing. This is a word for someone here today. Your purpose on this earth is not defined by how your children are doing. Your purpose is defined by the fact that God made you and called you to do what he called you to do. I found I was losing my joy in preaching. When you guys first started having me come here, I preached, I did what I needed to do, and I was just getting by. That is gone. I looked, I look forward when it gets about Wednesday. I'm going Head to Rockford Sunday. I get fired up. I'm renewed in my mind, to preach God's word, because my value isn't determined by anything, any circumstance, how my kids are doing, how the ministry is doing. That doesn't determine my value. My value is established because God said, Dan, I made you in my image, and I want to use you, and I called you to preach. Now, go do it. Go kick butt, and don't worry about all this other stuff. You can deal with that when you're off the stage. While you're preaching, preach it, baby. Preach it. And you have the same thing in your life. God has called you for a purpose and some of you have allowed that purpose to wane because your kids aren't doing so well. Because your work's not going too good. And God says, your purpose is not determined. Your worth is not determined by your job. Your worth is not determined by your children. Your worth is determined by me. And I made you and I don't mess around. And all of you in this room today need to know you're worth a lot to God Almighty. You might not feel you're worth a lot because Satan loves to mess us up right here with that me first stuff. Because this world beats us up. If you think about it, Taylor Swift's song that I sang, and I can't hit the last note right, the whole song is basically saying I'm, I'm really the one, hey, pick me. I know there may be other people in line, but me, me, me. And I know I think about myself a lot, but me, me, me. And what we find out when we chase that and get to the end of it, I'll tell you this, there's nobody in this room ultimately found out their value because of another person. If you did, you'll fall short. You know why? People let you down. And God says today to every individual here, man, especially some 17-year-older, listen to me. You're worth it because you're God's. You might not fit in in a lot of places. And you might wonder yourself, why don't I fit in? Why don't I... You don't have to. Because God made you worthy just by making you, you. I could stop preaching right now and be done. I don't. i got 12 more minutes. 12 and a half. But... Actually, this is the last service, so I got unlimited time. But just kidding. <laughs> even Emily's ready to boo. But I want to spend. I want to stop right here a second and pray. I don't know who I'm praying for, but just feel led to pray. Um, somebody here, you're struggling with your worth. You even thought about taking your life this week. I don't know. Lord, I pray right now. I don't even know who I'm praying for. Maybe I'm praying for all of us. Because we sometimes get confused and find our worth and our stuff and our looks and all the things that are so temporary. Right now I pray for every person, maybe watching online. Yeah, maybe didn't even want to get out of bed and come to church, but they're watching online right now. Maybe it's for them. Just to know they are valuable because they are your child. And they have purpose. And I pray that they would overcome the enemy who has had them run to the me first mentality and it hasn't worked out and so we yield again ourselves, our souls, our lives individual by individual all the way up to Mary we yield our lives to you again today asking you to help us be worth what you called us to be because you made us, you found us you found us and you use us Help us, Lord, to see that today in Jesus' name. And as I pray that little prayer, I realize there may be somebody sitting here um, thinking about that. Uh, talk to a pastor. Talk to someone. This is a church that will help you grow in that. I just I just want you to be encouraged to not believe the lies of Satan. Renew your mind, okay? And part of that is the second point. Watch this. Number two, intentionally establish new patterns of thinking. Watch this. If you want to overcome some of that negative, you get a new path. It says right here, renew in your mind. Renew in your mind. So you've got to start thinking more the way the Lord wants you to think about yourself. Sarah Ingram is one of our counselors at Winning Home. And she says that about every 45 seconds, your mind refreshes itself. Just kind of like a computer. It just refreshes. It kind of resets. That's how you can have new thoughts, et cetera. She said, "If I found that if I can get people to stop. And for two of those cycles, 90 seconds, 245 intervals, you just take a second and go, Okay. I want to make sure I make the right decision here. Because all of us face it. All of us get to that place where we go, am I going to go, me first, me, me, me? Or am I going to go over here and honor God? We, we have those moments. And sometimes we just kind of fall into this one. And she said, take 90 seconds and go, what's best for me to do here? Which decision would be most honoring to God? She said, I find if I tell people to do that and they take time to do it, they'll begin to establish new patterns. So for me, I'll tell you what that looks like. Uh, I used to be a person who my voice could escalate. I sometimes have it happen now, but not very often. If Jane and I get into a disagreement or whatever, I'm really working. And you can ask her, she's sitting right here, but I'm really working at not letting my voice go up. Because normally, those of you who know, are married, you know how it starts with, well, one thing, well, I'll tell you, what? You keep going. And I've been trying to go the opposite way. So if I realize I've escalated all, then I'll double. Well, I'll tell you this. Well, I'll tell you this. Well, I'll tell you this, go down. Because if you calm down, situations calm down. You say, how would you know that? Because that's what Jesus did. He would walk into a room and what they, oh, what are you going to do here? And he, was, he would do like this, well, what do y'all want me to do? Oh, that had to just grind on him because he didn't react. They never got him to do what they wanted him to do. He always did what he wanted to do. And he always wanted to honor God, see? So he kept control of his tongue. How are y'all doing with that? Yeah, if everything you said this week flew up on the screen real quick, would you be like, oh, look, I said that. No, probably not. You'd be running to your truck going, I don't even know what he's talking about. (laughs) So just think about that for a second. I don't always honor the Lord either. And I got to get better control of that so I can have new patterns of thinking and new patterns of behaving because I want to honor Jesus all the time. A third thing coming up is this renewing your mind, accept the fact that you become like those you're around. Now, if you're here and you're younger, that's something your parents say to you a lot, and it is so irritating. If you remember when you're 17, your parents, well, you become like who you hang around, and you walk away going, he's yeah, becoming like who you hang around. It just gets tiring hearing it. But I want to suggest to you something about that. If you did get a little defensive just reading it, the point probably is for you. And then secondly, watch this. What I meant by putting it up there is this: hang around with God more. Like, look at His Word some. You say I do on Sunday mornings. No, no, look at it for yourself. There's enough stuff online now. You can get some great guidance. Just Google up a verse, ask its meaning. Hey Siri, what does John 3:16 mean? Let it. I'd be interested to see what she'd say. Try to invest time with God. Friday this week, now I went down by myself to a little place I like to go and walk in the woods, just by myself, for two hours. It was absolutely wonderful. It's a place where I get renewed. It's a place where my mind gets back to, because I got some stuff I'm dealing with at work and all that stuff. And every now and then, it's like I, just, I told my staff on, on Monday mornings, we have staff devotions. I was telling them two two Mondays ago, I said to them, I feel like on Tuesday mornings, the times when I go in the woods, I take all the stuff that kind of gets cluttered around me, and I push it all over here and go, God, there you go, God. I'm putting it at your feet. Praise God, I put it at your feet. Then I go back over here, and it feels like all week long, it crawls back over here. And on Tuesday, I'm like, all right, Lord, I'm pushing this bigger load than I had last Tuesday. And I push it over, and then I go back over here. Here it comes again. i got to have that place where I push it back. Because if it gets too cluttered around you, you don't think clear. Make poor decisions. Your life goes in a hole. And I want you to hang out with God a little bit more because you hang out with Him, you look a little more like Him. And renewing your mind number four is simply the fact you need to remember this world is temporary. Oh, this is so hard to do. This world, because look, look. This world, let's just all be honest, sometimes it just feels so good. This, there's, people say, sin isn't good. It, it, come on. Any Christians that said sometimes sin doesn't feel good is lying. Sin does feel good because it's temporal. It gives you a momentary high. It's why so many people use drugs because it's a momentary feeling. Oh, I love that feeling. I want it more. That's what it does to you. It's it's addicting. It's sticky. And I say to you, this world is temporal. I have a friend named Steve Farrar. He travels and preaches like me. We do events together and. He wrote a little let, let, average Christian prayer these days. It just, it's humorous, but just listen to it a second. He said, the average Christian's praying this. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray my stocks are on the rise and that my analyst is wise. I pray all the wine I sip is white and my hot tub water stays real tight and racquetball won't get too tough and my sushi always is fresh enough. I pray my cell phone always works and my career won't lose its perks. I pray my microwave won't radiate and my condo won't depreciate. I pray my health club doesn't close and my money market grows. And if I go broke before I wake, I pray my Volvo, they won't take. And I wrote this down after I read that. Watch this. Our prayers have become more about our plunder and way less about our purpose. When you pray at night, just check yourself. How often are you praying, Lord, help that to work, and just give me a new car? And we're not even praying about, Lord, today did I fulfill my purpose for you? Did I do? Lord, did I look at the world today, or, or, or did I... See what you want me to see. It's way cooler anyway. And That was kind of cheesy, but I meant as a joke. But I'm just saying, I want you to make sure you understand God's view for you is way better than your view for you. And I want you to go and fulfill the purpose he has for your life. See it through his eyes. And so, Lord, I do pray for that. We've already prayed in this service, but I do pray now. As we leave... Uh, we would leave with more of a God view and we would see the world the way you want us to see it. We love you today. Commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. As always, I trust the words that you hear here are an encouragement to you but also challenge you to continue to grow, to make a mark for the Lord God in your life, to see the world he's given us and how we can impact it And I pray as we come into now next month when we celebrate uh, the birth of Christ that we'll prepare our hearts for how beautiful that is and how God wants us to see his world and make a difference in it. Thank you again for partnering with us, and may you have a blessed Thanksgiving as you enjoy this November with your family.